0: that are out with the with the flu or the bug or whatever. Some of you have been a part of that and, and you understand it's good to be back in the land of the living. So good to have Sister Angela with us this evening. Each and every one of you, so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. He's good to us, isn't he? Amen. Amen. There's a flu that is out there that's much worse than that coronavirus. Amen. It's, uh, it's a Laodicean flu. That's right. And it has destroyed an entire generation. Amen. And so I'm just thankful that we haven't caught that. And so we just so good to be in the house of the Lord. So good to see you. I'd just like to make a couple of announcements as we would go forth. I appreciate all the thoughts and the prayers for uh, for us this week. And I appreciate you continue to pray for us. We will have the biopsy, surgical biopsy, on Monday morning. And we just are believing for a good report. and So we we just think on those things and and think God's going to bring us a good report. And so we believe the Lord, and he's he's still God, and he's still on the throne, and he knows exactly how to take care of our situations. And he's not shocked by any of these things, and he can take care of it. If they would declare on Monday afternoon that I have the worst case, that whatever that's ever been, God's got a cure. He's got a cure. No need in going hiding under a rock. He's got a cure. I so appreciate the love of so many people around the world that has, has called me and, and texted me and sent me notes of encouragement. Brother, da- Brother David Iverson today they had communion in Belgium and and uh, they had communion and remembered us in prayer that God would just be with us and. We sure do appreciate those things. We'll have communion in a little while after, in just a little bit tonight, and so we sure appreciate that. Uh, I want you to thank you for your prayers for my uncle Ronnie, uh, actually am I'm named after, uh, my mother's brother, and uh, and we were really close through life, and uh, really, we were buddies and uh, through life, and uh, he was my best man at our wedding many years ago. And uh, he was the one that reminded me as I looked out across the field there at the at the church down on on uh, on the other road. He said he said I want you to look at that field right there. He said this is your last time to run. Amen. <laughs> hey, I don't know who loved Sister Connie more, me or him. And so uh, she always made a mandarin orange cake that he absolutely loved, and. One time we were we were together and we, he was eating a piece of it, and somebody cut him a piece of cake and he looked at them and said, "Is that all that I get?" And so, he was a wonderful fellow. He's a police officer much of his life, and just a real dear friend. And he, he loved us, and so we we will have his t- memorial service tomorrow evening, and uh, I, they couldn't do it on Monday because of, of my situation. So I appreciate them moving it. They're going to have it tomorrow evening in Blacksburg the memorial service and I'll be a part of that. So if you remember that Brother Andrew will be speaking tomorrow night. I know you'll have an awesome time and we sort do of appreciate that. Brother Mark is going to speak for us next Saturday night Amen. and we're looking forward to those that are coming with him. And then Brother Andrew will be speaking on Sunday night. Amen. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to your scriptures to Romans chapter 8 verse 17. Sure appreciate the preliminaries and Amen. Just thank you for everything that's done, and, and uh, amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. amen. It's good, good to be here. Amen. Kind of missed Brother Josh tonight. You know, Brother John, you're you're about a foot shorter than that guy, so amen. So, amen. God bless you, each and every one of you. Sure love you. I'd like to speak to you tonight on the spark. expectation. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. That's quite a statement. We could just stop right there and shout the rest of this evening. And join heirs with Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that which shall be revealed in us. Amen. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also Shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope? But if we hope for that which we seeth not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know that what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth, the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for his saints according to the will of God. Our favorite scriptures, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are thee called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. I'd say we have a rigged jury tonight. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's say that together tonight. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, Who can be against us? Amen. Maybe you have a need tonight, you'd just like to raise your hand before the Lord. Let's just pray. Almighty God, we love you with all of our hearts. We're thankful that we can come back to your house once again. And Lord, know that you're in control of every situation of every life. So many of this time of year begin to have the little bugs and things that are going on in their lives. We ask you to go to every home and every place and every sick boy, girl, mom, dad, grandma, granddad, we ask you that you touch them. Lord, the many needs that have come in, we pray that, Father, that you'd stretch forth your hand, do a supernatural work. Now, Father, we've come to your house to be fed tonight. I ask you to anoint our lips. Bring us into the proper channel to where we need to be. Speak to us in a special way, Father. If you speak, Father, you'll change our lives and minister to us. We thank you for these things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. St. John chapter 15 and verse 7 said, If ye abide in me, these are quite great words. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Jesus himself is saying this. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. And if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his loves. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Next statement's quite great. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Here are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Watch these next statements. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me. God's gonna lay the order out. You have not chosen me, but I, have chosen you. Are you with me now? That's quite a statement now. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Go do the work. Go live the life. Go be God in action. Be a living body living epistles read and known of all men. If you'll remember when they were at one time, at one spot in their lives, they were, had very different lives. But after they met Jesus, it was said about them, these men have been with Jesus. And they were first called Christians at Antioch. Hallelujah. I'd like for my atmosphere to be so changed. That's a great big statement. I'd like for my atmosphere to be so changed, Sister Mary, until someone would know me as a Christian before ever hearing a word. Listen, when God comes in your life, when God comes in your life, and you receive a real experience with God, and every one of our experiences will be different, many times mystical, hard to explain to others what it was really like, but you know that God changed your life, because you can look back and see that something took place. When you met Jesus, more than a preacher, more than a man, but when you meet the voice behind the voice, when you meet him, you become different in your attitude, your thoughts, your desires, You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Are you with me now? Now, I want you to just notice. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 and verse 26, prophet begins to say, but it it was like it was revealed unto them by the Holy Ghost. Talking about Simeon, that he should not see death until he's seen the Lord's Christ. He said, I'm going to use the subject of expectation. Expectations are usually based upon faith. And you can have to you have to have faith to have faith before you can expect anything. And now many of those servants of God in the Old Testament says faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. I've often quoted it, that God is obligated to his word. He said, I, I, I like to read a, just a word or two of it because what I say will fail because I'm a man. But his word cannot fail because it's God. When God is called on the scene at any time to make a decision and the first decision that God makes It has to be that same decision every time. If he ever heal one, he'll heal another. If he ever saves one, he'll save another. Remember God doesn't change his mind about his word. He doesn't have a yearly conference to say this is what we're going to come under this year. This is going to be the agenda God started his church like he wanted it. He's going to finish his church like he started it. Are you with me? And there's where you must solemnly place your faith on thus saith the Lord. You must believe it, that it's God's word and that's the only hope that that you have, the substantial hope that we have is on the word of God and God being infinite cannot make a mistake. He's perfect, therefore, all of his, all of his promises must be perfect as he is perfect. Are you with me? In the middle of his promises, he didn't have a dash, and he said, but but on the basis, or on the conditions, or on the situation, God's promises are amen. And he backs his own word up. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word itself, so therefore the Bible is the word of God. It is God himself. I want to see God. Right there it is. I want to hear God. Right there it is. I want to know what God thinks, right there it is. That's a living book, it's a book of action. He said that's the way every seed of Abraham does today. That's the born again Christian, that's the way the born again Christian does today. No matter what the world says, what science says. Science just said this week, Brother Branham in the days of Brother Branham, they had the science had, three minutes till midnight. This last week they've just changed that clock to 90 seconds. 90 seconds to midnight. They're only analyzing the condition of the world and how treacherous and how dangerous it is. Are you with me? We know it's coming to an end. The whole earth is pressing to an end. But we have an expectation tonight. Hallelujah. In the world, they have keynote speakers that will be the leading speaker. They're trying to spark an interest to an audience to prepare them, to lead them into an agenda for a conference of the direction that they're going to go. Generally, they'll pick a very inspirational powerful speaker to be that man, maybe a young man coming on the scene or a young woman coming on the scene that's almost that's almost just an up-and-coming star, and they push them in that keynote role, and it tries to spark an audience. And you think about that, there, there'll go 80, 90,000 people to a, to a political audience, and, and they'll spark to them, and they'll begin to try to tell them all kinds of things, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, 90% of it's lies. They can't, they can't make their promises. I don't, I don't mean to be difficult there, but let me just say we come to the church of the living God tonight. And sometimes we sit with our arms crossed and our thoughts and we walk in with the, the things of the day and we sit like there's no expectation for this service. But every service has the power to be the greatest service you've ever said it in your life. I'd like to kind of know what it was like to to have lived in the days of Jesus. I, I believe with this quote we can kind of tap into that. He says, now they believed the word to be the truth, so they believed that he would keep his promises. They gathered themselves and waited outside the gate. And the city that went on with their ritualistic and religious worshipers of the city Unbelievers went about their tasks. Religious people was at the temple doing all their ceremonial worship as they were celebrating something that happened back in Egypt. But the believers were on their toes, watching for him to come. There were many in the city who loved him. There's no doubt many believed in the coming of the Messiah. But they didn't have the Spirit of God in them to draw them to him. There's millions today that go to church and worship but they don't know him just as they didn't then. And he said, so will it be that he's coming, they won't see him. There were thousands in Jerusalem that felt expectations and that excitement that was going on, they never did see him. And a sad thing t- t- to say today, yet the scripture must be fulfilled. There's millions of Americans that go to church regularly and faithful that are never see him when he comes because the bride will be caught away like a thief and the night will come and he will catch the bride away and the rest of them won't even see him. Think of it, millions going to church in a ceremonial worship, but never see him when he comes. The elected bride, I believe I'm preaching to him. the elected bride will be caught away just as it was then. That ought to cause an inspiration. They gathered outside the gate. They were talking with one another with perfect confidence that he'd come. They'd said that there was an unbeliever passed by. Why, you people are gathered out here. Why ain't you up there, up there at their worship? He said, we have something in our hearts. We're waiting for the Messiah. Oh, you bunch of religious fanatics, you might as well said, why don't you go out there with the rest of them? Something about it. When a man and woman is born of the spirit of God, they don't go with the rest of them. They go with God. They go where he goes. They worship with his people. For God is spirit and, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the reason they wasn't with the rest of them. And as they waited with long expectations after a while, up across the hill came someone riding on a little white mule. It was a type of his coming the second time from heaven riding on a white horse coming over the hill with this little donkey, little white donkey. Nobody had paid any attention to him. But those that were looking for him, hallelujah, those that were looking for him, they cut down branches. They ran out there screaming, Hosanna to the son of David that comes in the name of the Lord. Their hearts were thrilled with above measure and they were expecting him. And all their expectations had been met. They know the scripture said that he would ride in Jerusalem on a mule and they saw him coming. That's what we've done in this age. We've recognized his coming. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Ron, what, was a, what it would have been like if, if I'd have been in Brother Branham's meeting? Never been a ministry quite like this one. Oh, there's been a lot of men with gifts and guessing and stepping out by faith and saying different things, but never one that was accurate. Actually, even Brother Branham would say at the end, Did he tell you exactly what was right? Did he? Do you believe that to all your heart? Because God was borrowing of man. It's what he wants to do with you today. He wants to live in your life. So much so that the world won't see you no more, but they'll see God. Let's just, I found this interesting today as I was looking and this kind of just, there's something just pop out to you. and He's kind of almost having a conversation as he's having a prayer. He says, how do you do, lady? You speak English very well. I'm a, I'm a stranger to you. You do not know me, and I do not know you. You got your baby, and, and that's what you're interested in. If Jesus will let you know something, what you're here for, Will you believe him with all your heart? Sister, your baby's very sick. They really don't know what's the matter with it. Now watch now, watch the accuracy of all this. They really don't know what's the matter with it because it's got trouble in its neck. It's got a gland swelling, got gland trouble swelling. That is right. You was to take that baby to the doctor to the hospital it was about yesterday, but you were holding off. That's very good faith for a sinner. Woo. That's very good faith for a sinner. Now watch this now. Watch him. Oh, we can read the scriptures about the woman at the well. We can read the scriptures about the woman and well and see Jesus operating there. Are you with me? Amen. Go call your husband. I, I, I don't have any. You've said right. Listen, she was a woman of reality. She's a woman of reality. She'd heard a lot of preachers. She'd met a lot of men. But this man had a, a water that she'd never thirst again. And she was a predestinated seed sitting in a very bad situation. Others couldn't come to the well when she came to the well. You said, right, but you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with, he's not your husband. And then she began to get religious with him. And then he had never declared who he was to all of the preachers in the synagogues, but to a predestinated seed that needed to see exactly who he was. And it was more than just see who he was, but she had to see who she was. Are you with me? Listen tonight, under our part of our spark of our expectation, you must see more than just who he is. Revelation must be struck in your heart to come to life of what God deposited on the inside of your life. It's a very good faith for a sinner. And you quit the Catholic church. That's right. And then you started going to a Pentecostal church, but you didn't join it. and you've been back to that church, you haven't been back to that church for about a year. You don't know what to do. This come upon your baby that you might serve the Lord. Now watch God watching over that seed. This came on your baby. That you might serve the Lord. You remember in the tent meeting in South Carolina, that little baby was healed. And, and that baby, I, I had it baby in my hands, and, and, and that baby, I prayed for that baby, and, and it began to jump up and it ran all across the audience. About 1,100 people watching that event took place. Andrew was standing right beside him, my heart, my side, and he watched it all happen. And that baby's just running everywhere. And then the Lord spoke to me. That girl that has brought this baby here, she's from Florida, and the baby is why she was here, but the greater need. And I told her the greater need is you need Jesus Christ in your life. And she was a pop music star. And that night she gave her heart to Jesus Christ. Sure there was a physical miracle that we could rejoice backwards and forwards and and scream up and down and that tent came alive. It just had a life on the inside of it. But the greater miracle, the greater miracle was that girl ignited to life was thirsty and trying to fill it in a lot of different directions with the gift that was in her life. But God had more plans. Hallelujah. That ought to preach right there for a while. Some of these young preachers can take that and do something with it. Now go and be born again of the Spirit. I'll bless the baby. I thought about that. I read that quote. I thought about that. Brother Ram says a statement that she'd be be familiar with. Being a former Catholic, she'd be familiar with, I'll bless the baby. What. That wasn't Brother Branham's to do. Well, Brother Branham is not the one that told her all of those events. So it wasn't Brother Branham talking. It was God talking. Just a moment. I, I seen some, someone else with a rosary. It's some woman standing by. There they are. A young lady sitting looking at me, a lady sitting next to her, her is her grandmother. She's suffering with stomach trouble. That's right, isn't it? And you suffer with headaches and troubles. Isn't that right? And you're both Catholic. You believe that the Lord Jesus will save you and heal you right now and make both of you well? Will you believe it? Raise your hands if you will. All right now. Put your hand over on the grandmother there. And Father God, who made heavens and earth and all things possible to them that believe, remit every sin. Lord, I pray that you'll heal this darling little baby here. And I take the curse off of it. I'm praying this prayer in a lot of different directions now. Take the curse off of it. It's too young to have faith. May this baby live. Satan has numbered its days. But the mother has come to you, Lord Jesus, just now. And now I curse this disease that it will not take the baby's life. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will save the child. And bless those who are holding it, hands up and below. In Jesus' name, amen. Now watch this, now it's all over sister. I wanna ask you something. You've never had a feeling like that you have now. Isn't that right? You're also forgiven of every sin and your baby will live. Don't fear, go on your road, tell mother, grandmother, To eat what she wants to. Your headache ceased, sister. That's ladies' trouble. It's over and all over now. Just have faith and believe with all your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know that's kind of what happens here. We can look back forty or fifty years ago, but that's what happens here. We're a birthing center where the message is not just on paperback or in a computer form or in digital format now or even even in voice, but that message lives. There's thousands of lived voices. Wherever you're living at now, God's taken this message that was in print, now in, in digital format, now it becomes in lived lives, producing kind after kind. A bride on the earth, preparing, overcoming Laodicea, having victory day by day by day by day. Even in almost almost sometimes like speaking to a mountain, when you speak to it, the first grain of sand rolls over. You may not see it. And that mountain may be there a while, but you just keep speaking to it. You just keep speaking to that mountain and that mountain's got to move. By what authority if you abide in me and my words abide in you? That same Abrahamic faith, that same Apostle Paul faith. Hallelujah, that's what we're resting on tonight. Now as long as it's a dead letter and we look at it as a historical form, Or back in the days, if you ought to have been here, you're only living in the glare of another day. Or grandma's God, or grandpa's God, or or another God. Oh, brother Ron, but the great meetings are behind. That's your expectation. It shows that your expectation has not been sparked. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we've, we've simonized the car. we polished the car. And we've got the car with all of its, all of its powerful motor. And it's a beautiful car. And we enjoy the car and we enjoy the message. But it needs some gasoline and it needs a spark to it to make it go down the road. What we need is an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival in our life to bring the Word to life that'll be more than some mechanical word. Are you with me? Now, in Hollywood, they'll have scriptwriters. Maybe they'll take a historical figure. Maybe it would be a man We we'll would just step back to something that you can kind of some sort of a spiritually bring it to but Maybe you would be Cecil DeMille. And and you'd like to bring Moses to life. You'd like to bring the Ten Commandments to life. You'd like to bring it in such a much of a life until a prophet of the day would be enamored by the pillar of fire that was in there. You'd like to bring it to life to where that people would not see the character or the man that is taking the script of Moses that they would see Charleston Heston. But they would see a man so step into a role until it was more than just a mechanical of, of speaking to where that the script would come so alive. Now you gotta remember, a man like Charleston Heston would have to have a gift in his life to where he could hide himself so much, all of his personal desires and all of his personal goals would be hid away in a private life to where when he stepped on set, he was Moses. And when he threw the rod down and it turned to a snake, he had become a god to Pharaoh. He had to get anointed to be able to play the role. Had to have such a gift to bring him into that role to when he's stretching his hands out over the sea and the wind is blowing in his hair. He writes even about it that he felt like it was so real till he could see himself as Moses. Now that's Hollywood. When it finished, they gave them incredible, uh, incredible amounts of money and rewards for their, their great acting, and this one got an award, and that one got an award, Cecil DeMille got an award. They'll always be remembered for those parts. But after it was over with, Charleston Heston had trouble going back into his private life, because he had so become Moses until he lost his identification as Charleston Heston. And he had to take on different roles to get himself out of that. We're not role playing here tonight. Are you with me tonight? I so wanna lose myself into Jesus Christ. I never wanna go back and find that man ever again. Hallelujah! He is my source of strength. He is my energy. He is the one that feeds my soul day to day. Brother, on my troubles and my situations, and you remember when God came to Job? His friends had turned on him, called him a sacred sinner. His wife had even came to the point she was done with him. He'd lost it all. He had been a man that many people came to and rulers and kings came to him and sought counsel with him. He'd been a man that many people looked up to. He was wealthy beyond measure. He had an incredible family. But because a conference happened in heaven, And because a conference happened in heaven, what goes on in heaven goes on in the earth. And a conference went on in heaven. And God asked the enemy, have you considered? Have you considered my servant Job? And and listen, the enemy tells God, you got a token about him. You got a hedge about him. You got angels watching over him. And his word is protecting him. Are you with me now? God's going to set this as an example for all humanity. Because God had confidence in the God that lived in Job, He had confidence in him. Brother Bram said God could have confidence in Abraham because he had fellowship with him. Have you ever come to a place when you realize that you're not in a room by yourself? This morning I was sitting in my office. I was sitting there, I'd been there about four hours. I was sitting in my office and I just realized after a bit I wasn't alone. Several of you saw my office. and I'm sitting at the end of that table, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the word. I'm, I'm going through the quotes. I'm reading. I'm placing. I'm, I'm just following the path as it's opening up the channel as it begins to flow. And I'm just, I've been flowing in it all week, but it just seemed not, not to be going in the direction that, that you know, and that it had to be going. And, and God, I just, I just kind of felt like, all of a sudden, I'm not alone. And then it just began to go, it just began to just flow. It began to flow. I would say that's kind of like Abraham was when he was sitting with him. And he was looking across at a man and he would entertained a lot of strangers, but nobody spoke like this man. And he realized he didn't have beginning of days or end of days and he was an eternal being. And this man knew about the covenant was between him and God. And he explained that, you know, that thy seed will possess the gates of their enemy. And he realized he wasn't talking to a man. It's just sometimes you realize this is way more than a man. God came to Job, I find it interesting that God doesn't talk any about his troubles. When God came to Job, he doesn't have a pity party with him. He doesn't talk about his lost children, his lost assets, his lost, his lost land and all different kinds of things and he's lost all of these things. He could have had a long list. Those that can't seem to get the light of day, you might want to read the book of Job a little bit, and especially 38, and allow God to speak to you. When God talks to you, He don't talk about temporary things. Many people make decisions about temporary things and temporary feelings. You need to always base everything on the Word of God relationships on the word of God, marriages on the word of God. Listen, put God first in everything in your life and if God is your friend, he'll back you up no matter where you're at. Where was you at, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? explained the mountains and the rivers and the heavens and the zodiac. And he took him through all of that. Where was you at? I imagine Job had felt big in his life at times, but now in the presence of God, I've had people that told me that they had a lot of questions they wanted to talk to Brother Branham about but whenever he would get out of the car all those questions went went, they were gone. His presence was different than anybody else. Right here in Richmond one of our brothers was was a critic you know, sometimes we find ourselves as critics when we really don't know. You know, it's kind of it's like, you ever hear somebody talking about somebody they really don't know? <laughs> you know, they just, you know, and you just stand there and go, they don't know him. They don't know it. They're, they're just talking foolishly, so they're just ignorant in their own thoughts. They don't know him. And so this man was kind of like a man in the scriptures named Zacchaeus. And he was, his wife was, coming to the meeting and as she was coming to the meeting it was, uh, it was, she was there and she was a real Christian and she'd go home and tell him, Said I, I saw the pillar of fire. The man said the pillar of fire is over here and said I looked and there it was. And he said the angel of the Lord is here and he said I'll tell you, I saw the angel of the Lord myself. I, I've asked others, they didn't see it but I saw it. I saw it. I saw this miracle. I saw that miracle. I heard a sermon. I've never heard it placed like that in my life. That man's a prophet. Well, her husband told her, said, I, I'm going to put an end to this. Obviously, not knowing the size of the meeting, and not knowing people would be outside for hours before his arrival, and, and, and he showed up at a meeting that was unlike any he'd ever been to, and they handpicked him. They handpicked him to take Brother Branham from the car, You're talking about accuracy. <laughs> Handpick him to take Brother Branham from the car to get him through the door and lead him to the stage. Now, here's a critic and he gets handpicked out of all these thousands of people that he would be the man to take Brother Branham from the, from the car. And he said, you know, I was standing there and I had a lot of thoughts in my heart. And I, you know, I, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of things I wanted to say. And he said, when he got out of the car, all that was gone. And said, he stood there and talked to me. And he said, I could tell by his eyes he knew everything that I, I was saying. And said, we kind, of, we kind of walked toward the, and I was right there with him. He said, we kind of walked toward the building, made our way through the crowd. He said, we got to the building. He said, Brother Brown just kind of turned. said, he was a real gentleman. He just turned and said, would you mind holding my hat while I preach? And he said, there I was, a real critic, (laughs) holding his hat. And he realized, this man's exactly what my wife said he was. Brother Branham, as he's preaching in New York to those businessmen, they were expecting some great intellectual thought. Maybe some great great demonstration of gift. And they thought he's going to say something eloquent to them. And, and he comes to them and talks about Zacchaeus the businessman. And what he's really telling them is businessman, Jesus wants to come to your house and you're finding yourself in a tree with a lot of garbage on you. A lot of people live double lives. One life in church and another life in another spot. That's not a token life. That's not a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus stop under your tree. Hallelujah! Take him home. Take him home. Make him welcome. Let him change your life. What if Jesus came to my house? It's more than a song. What would you have to put up? What would you have to hide? If there's anything in that list, to take care of it. I said these words to you the other night and I, I couldn't get away from them. We talk about spark. This is something that just moved me very deeply. When you begin to think about what Adam stepped out of and God's great plan of redemption, what he stepped out of, we're about to step into. Are you with me now? Sometimes it brings us incredible sorrow to lose a loved one. And I'm talking about it affects us for the rest of our lives for our loved one to step beyond that veil of tears. But if we could look at it the way God looks at it. That last breath here was the first breath there. To step from this realm. Sister Gabrielle, she's getting ready to be mother again. It's a lot of thoughts, a lot of what this baby will be like. She has three others, and will it be like this or that? But it'll have its own nature. It'll have its own spirit, have its own actions. Because written in the Lamb's book was that name that had to be expressed. Now this might have been a surprise to you, but it was not a surprise to God because that attribute must be displayed on the earth. And as it comes, there's an expectation to go through, you remember what it was like to be a mother before, but every, every child has a different sequence and a different cycle and a different manifestation. And that spirit of that child, that warm presence to come to you and it become a different glow on you and you'll come into that season of giving, chi- giving that child birth. Now it's very comfortable where it's at. It kicks, it pushes, it makes great actions. It causes you heartburn. You've been nauseated, but it'd like to stay. But because of travail, that child has to be forced. And it takes between life and death to force that child from that world into this world. Help me preach now. Oh, if we could just catch a moment. The great expectation from this life to that life It's more real than this world. Neil Armstrong had always been enamored as a child. Since a child, he wanted to be on the moon. He had an incredible, sensational desire to step on the moon. Since a kid, he was born with that. He was born with a desire. Nobody's ever been there. But he wanted to go. There was a program that they were had an aspiration to put a man, not just around the moon, yeah. but on the moon. But man can't live there, so you have to take Earth's environment and go stand there. So it has to be developed. Now why was that going on? Because there was a message with a people, with a sensational desire, hallelujah, to live in the two worlds at the same time hallelujah, to be the bride of Jesus Christ. And it was more than horse and buggy age. And it was more than an airplane age. But it was an astronaut age. Like an eagle just kept soaring higher and higher above every denominational creed. Every cold creed and idea and ism of man and organization of man to break every sound barrier every tradition barrier, every realm, every demonic religious power because God was creating an astronaut age to bring us back into order for a rapture. I don't know what it felt no way I could understand what it felt like. But to have sat in the seat and all of your dreams are now you've kissed your wife. And no, I haven't seen the movie. But to have kissed your wife you don't know. There's a lot of unknowns here. There's a lot of unknowns. But to sit in the chair, buckle yourself in in all the ways that would be buckled, and to feel the force, getting ready. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of trial preparations. There's been an incredible amount of hours and just millions of hours spent in preparation, but to hear those 10, 9, 8, and everything, I feel like going to the moon myself right now. Sometimes I walk to a pulpit and I know what I've got inside of my heart and what He's delivered to me. It's like sitting on the top of an astronaut bubble ship and knowing we're going to take a trip for about an hour and a half into heavenly realms, and we're going to leave Walmart, and we're going to leave our jobs, we're going to leave the situations of life, and we're going to spend some time in the Eternals. And you can feel You can feel that momentum shifting to another gear, and the Word has priority, and the Word has an anointing and an inspiration to it. It's got life! It's got life! And he would make the statement when he stepped out of that craft, and he stepped down that ladder, I remember as a boy in school as they would play it over and over again one small step for a man one giant step for mankind Ruth types us And she said this in a very, 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 what you might say very small space with a lot of pressure and a lot of realm. Where thou dwellest, where thou diest, I'll die. Let me just go back to that. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. Whether thou goest, I will go. I just wonder if we say this to God. Oh, but that was Ruth, but Ruth is your type. Whether thou goest, I'll go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people will be my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also. If aught but death part thee and me, all but that was that was Ruth. Genesis thirty-two, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him the breaking of the day. And when he saw, he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. The hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. Except thou bless me. It was more than Jacob was involved in this. All of Jacob's seed the mind of God was involved in a man wrestling with the angel. This is much bigger than you. I'm gonna bring it to a close in a little bit. Sometimes we get so consumed it's all about me. Forget that. This is way bigger than you. And lay on a seal, we got this I-itis. We're not looking for another messenger. We're not looking for nobody to copy even Brother Branham. But we're looking for the God that lived in Paul and Peter and James and John, that same God to live inside of us. And sometimes we gotta wrestle with the angel knowing it's more than about me, it's about my family, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. Do you know I pray for my grandchildren's spouse? That's silly. I prayed for my children before they were born. I pray for my grandchildren and their spouses. Because supposedly their spouses are on the earth. We get so consumed with our children, but what about? Listen, this just doesn't accidentally happen. Oh, I just walked in and I got lucky. There's no luck involved in a real Christian. No luck involved with a real Christian. It's dedicated and committed to before God. A statement one time: God don't need your best. Well, would you hire a man if he told you that you wouldn't, you didn't need, he didn't need your best? Oh, I I know that we, we must surrender our whole heart to God. Come on, church! But God needs all of you. Oh, but I got all these abilities. God's not even looking for your abilities. He's looking for your dependability. And then what he uses, give your best to that. What he chooses to channel you with. Brother Ron, all I know to do is amen and praise the Lord. Do it the best that you know how to do. When you put your hands together, let heaven hear it. You just can't believe the unseen forces that you've overcome this week just to continue to be here. This week or Sunday, the registration for the youth camp came open. They register over 500 young people between the ages of, I think, 13 to to whatever. I preached that meeting several times, and it's been supernatural. Every time that we've been there, we've seen incredible miracles happen. Just to give you, for instance, uh, the last time I was there, Mariah came through the prayer line. God restored her hair. I'm going somewhere with all this. Little Drew walked across that platform and as I walked, walked him across the platform, I began to talk to them that across this platform, many of you later tonight is gonna to walk in a prayer line. Now maybe you don't believe in prayer lines and maybe you'll be critical, but you might be like the man that talks about somebody he don't know. is you've never been through a real godly, anointed prayer line, one that where man don't get all the attention, but God is there to do the work. Where it's a showdown between God and the enemy. And I begin to describe it that in a little while the people are going to walk across this by the hundreds. And we're gonna preach the word of God that will build faith to get you ready for this prayer line. In a few moments, you'll walk through this prayer line and you'll never Be the same. Mariah walked through that prayer line with three bobby pins in her hand. With a a hat on her head. No hair. But she walked across there with an expectation for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Fulfilled. Her pastor had prayed for her, Brother Tim had prayed for her, fill an unction that she was like the church. The bride through seven church ages is to be restored to her original glory. And she was a type of restoration. You could see that girl today. She, her hair is beautiful, and she's a beautiful lady. Hair all the way down the back now she's restored to her glory. I'll never forget the first time that I brought her up on the stage after the miracle began to happen and she had never taken her hat off in public and I began to talk about the the miracle that happened that God was restoring the glory because hair is the glory, that God was restoring that glory back to her and when she took her hair off, it felt like every atom in the building was electrified with the Holy Ghost. would be in that meeting that they would carry me off the stage and take me to the cabin So we'd go to the cabin Brother Aaron Brother Tim Winters carries me to the car wrapped in a big blanket and he carries me to the car prayer line still going on miracles are happening and let me just stop there just a moment the last one I prayed for was named Sister Jessica Martin. And when she came through the prayer line, I remember the words that were spoke to her. I give you back your son. Do you say, well, Brother Ron, by what authority do you have? The Word of God. Amen. Are you with me? Somebody's got to put the their check and write it out. It isn't a man. It isn't about me. It's about God's Word being fulfilled. That was a son that needed to come home and he was in a very wayward condition. Maybe you boys knew that boy. But that boy came to the Lord and is a real Christian now and has a family, dedicated his life to God. Why, God came on the scene. It's more than Hattie right? I give you your boys. What about your children? Let's call for the prodigals to come home. Let's call for moms and dads and wayward Christians. Where's our expectation? Oh could it spark tonight? We would walk in the room and Brother Aaron's a real gentleman. He takes us in the room. And I just turned to him and I said, You'll never be the same. From this night forward you're you're called to preach the ministry of the Word of God. That's been on you a long time but from this night you'll never be the same big arms a big man begin to throw his arms back you said, brother I've heard that a hundred times hear it again hear it again he's suffering with a condition in his body that the doctors don't know what it is but I'll tell you the same God that was in that room I'm talking to you now by prophetically the same God that was in that room it's the same God that'll heal his body. Are you with me now? The doctors has declared, they, they say he has symptoms of ALS and we know that's a horrible disease, but God's greater. God's greater than those initials. God's greater than that demon power. Hallelujah. I got a clip of him preaching the other night in Dallas, Texas preaching. And it was some of the most powerful preaching. It only got about a six minute clip and it was some of the most powerful preaching I've ever heard. Boo-devil. Boo-devil. Stepping to the challenge of the hour when Goliath walks in your field. You must meet the challenge. And within seconds, the vision comes of Isaac. And we've all enjoyed that miracle. We've all enjoyed him. We've all enjoyed that. I want to take you, give me just a couple more moments. I know we have communion, but one morning, just at the end of the sleep, I see I'm in a, a large audience. And sitting in this large audience, I'm sitting there and I'm going to say some things that are very prophetic here. And I want to thank a friend of mine named Tim Pruitt for bringing it back to me. You see, last week, you see, a friend of mine sitting in this building brought me a prayer cloth And it had never been on anybody that we know of, but it had been in Acts 19 in a Bible. I'm not going to call his name for for reasons. But this is one of Brother Branham's last suits that he preached in. And it had been in an attic for a long time. But that's a promise of God. Brother Ron, this is just another trial. Well, that just shows you're not in the, you're not in the valley with me. Last week, I walked to with the notes of, all oh, thou suffering, stand and me healed. And that morning, when I had that visitation, I saw, I saw a large crowd. And Brother Timothy Pruitt comes to the pulpit and he preaches on the resurrection and the life and then Brother Tim Pruitt comes to the pulpit and he begins, to, he begins to address the audience and he said, I have a special friend here. And he calls me by name and said, Brother Ron Spencer, and that's an important part, all oh, thou suffering, stand and be healed. Are you with me? Are you with me? And when it was over, There was such an atmosphere in our bedroom until i danced across that bedroom and i spoke in other tongues because i believe in that and i wrote brother tim pretty quickly and sent him the note of the of the vision and the dream and I, i just i just i just i just sent it i sent and i didn't even give it full full sentences in total description, but it had power to it. Oh, yeah. That morning, I sent it, Brother Davy, before you had the accident. This week, Brother Tim went back to time check it to make sure that I sent that before you were wrapped around a tree. Because that vision of Isaac had to come to pass, and it had to come through you, Satan couldn't take your life. And you're a son of God, and those promises are to a son. That'll hinge on you forever. It's not his life to take. Wrapped around a tree, inches from your life, crushed in your body, and doctors would say you'd never have a child. But God's vision had to take place. Whitney's womb was built to where she couldn't have a child. But God's word had to take place. My mother would have a heart attack later that evening. And On Sunday morning, God impressed. Saturday night after service, God spoke to me to go to her side. And that next morning, I went to her side. And on the way, they called and said she was coding. Brother Tim calls me, and he said, Brother Ron, your vision is about to happen. Both of them will stand and be healed. Davey will stand and be healed, and your mom is getting ready to stand up into a new body. Brother Andrew and myself walked into the room, and I think about eight different people was working on my mother, and my mother was as calm as I am right now, maybe calmer had a little conversation with her and they went right back to work and the doctor came to her and had his last conversation and he said Christine and he begins to talk to her and she said I'm ready to go and she went Hollywood can't write it like no more than that when your last words are not fear but I'm ready Everything. That's not Neil Armstrong. That's a child of God, from one realm to another realm. Thursday evening, Brother Tim calls me. Right. you know, I tell him, I said, "I'll call you when I get finished." So he, so he, we waited as the day went on. My day went a little bit longer than I expected to go. Brother Tim just wrote me a little note. He said, "Are you? Are you?" Something to the effect, are you ready now? And literally I was walking through my door at the house. I literally was stepping through the door. And I just called him and I said, I think you've got a camera on my house. (laughs) We spoke for about an hour and talked about things, stuff. And then after about 20 minutes, we came to this, this, what I'm holding now. Brother Tim has preached this that I know of about five times in very large conventions. And you talk about m- massive miracles have happened to people. He never saw the vision. I did. But he got a spark. Are you catching it now? He got a spark off of it. That this vision is more than a happening. And it's more than for people. It's more than for David and it's more than for my mother. It's for the entire bride. May this bride stand and be healed. you can can stay standing now. But he said, Brother Ron, I want to tell you, in that visitation, he said, I did not not call Davy's name. I did not call your mother's name. I called your name. And he said, Ron Spencer, stand and be healed. Now here's how it all happened, you can't arrange it. We had that conversation literally, literally, in the same spot in the floor where I was speaking in tongues. Try to put all that together. We're years now waiter. And I and I get to the privacy of of my room and I'm sitting in a certain spot and we come to that part of the conversation and he says Ron Spencer stand and be healed and I said I'm sitting in the same spot that it happened what about your situation what about your need not just your physical need but that eternal part. Could you reach out by faith? Those even in the unseen audience, could you reach out by faith? Let Jesus take your life and do something with it. Maybe you've been a wanderer. Maybe you've been a Jacob in your life. Grab a hold. As if with the angel of God, don't turn loose. Not just you, it's more than about you. So many times we make very selfish, temporary, listen, putting at stake our family, our family's family, our church, and our whole reputation on the line. And I have nobody in mind there. But Satan will destroy you if you let him. What about your Goliath? What about your mountain? Oh, may there come a spark of faith in your life. What about your time? What about your moment right now? Seasons of moments come and go. Recognize he's here. Brother Bram says, whatever you do, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Those boys on the road to Emmaus almost missed it, but they compelled him to come in. He would spent six hours describing what the word said he would be. And did he do it? Did he do it? Did he do it? Brother Bram said he opened the eyes of their understanding. May God open your eyes tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray before we go to communion now. Lord Jesus, what a mindful God you are. Oh, if we could walk into a service with our spark of expectation that we come to see Jesus. Not see a man, not hear some great theory or some deep revelation, but that you would live in our lives. Lord, do we realize who we are? And not just realize who we are, but that same abiding of Jesus Christ, that same, as Brother Brown would use the term, Third pull would live in our lives. That same mystery of Christ would be the entire word displayed inside of us. Come. Lord, we don't want an artificial experience just to believe on something, theory. Just because we can put some scriptures together, maybe a quote or two together, that don't make it. But we gotta have life. May we get desperate before you, Father. Lord, I ask you to touch every hand that's went up across this audience. Lord, those that are sick this evening, I pray that you touch their bodies, fevered brows, Father. Lord, we we apply your word. Lord, we take you at your word, Father. Lord, we call for the elders of the church and we pray, Father, with fervent prayer, praying that you heal them, Lord. Raise them up, Father. Sometimes we get so sick we can't even pray for ourselves. Like that baby, couldn't have faith for itself. Lord, let us reach out, Father, into that realm of faith now. Touch Jesus. Minister to us this evening. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Maybe we could sing that song, Touching Jesus is all that really matters. Then your life will be the same. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Brother Jeremy, we'll dismiss our our streaming audience just now will have communion. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.